Sheesh, there is a huge amount of hype for this board. This is the highly requested Freebird TKL from Keeps for All, and let's just run it down. All aluminum chassis, E-coating, multiple mounting options, wind keyless available, F13 key, multiple layout options available, in hot swap, and dual ANSI ISO in the solderable variant, all for $225. Oh, and for that price, you also get a carry case and Duroc V2 stabs included. This is in group buy right now through January 14th with an estimated fulfillment of Q2 2022. They also have a pretty healthy list of global vendors as well. Love to see that. This copy is very early, so mine came in a box with the parts wrapped in paper, no carry case. The coating feels very nice here. It has like a satin feel to it, and that comes from using the electrophoresis process as opposed to anodizing. Because this is an early copy, we do have some blemishes on the case, but I wouldn't expect any of this stuff from the final. Branding is minimal. We've got a goose in there and a KFA logo inside and just a very simple Freebird on the outside of the case. It does have a nice side profile, no sort of embellishments at all, no weights or inserts or anything that would drive the price up. The typing angle here is six degrees, very comfortable. I do still like it with a wrist rest. The bezels are pretty reserved and the front edge kind of rounds off towards the front. There's no lighting, but the switch housings are visible. Overall, it's a clean, soft vibe, no hard angles. This config as shown is wind keyless, but it is available in WK as well. My copy shipped with a color matched aluminum plate, but there are or options for Palm, FR4, and Polycarb as well, all of which are available as extras for $24 and brass for $33. The PCB is very minimal, matte black, kale hot swap sockets, no RGB or lighting of any sort to be found anywhere. There is no daughter board here, so they've left us a pretty big hole for the port to handle the flex. This is another case where the port is flush, so you have a lot of the connected visible. In layout, we've got support for stepped caps lock, split backspace, split right shift, as well as both standard and Sangam bottom row. They sent a wind keyless top and a 7U spacebar wire, so that's obviously the way we're Going. This board is mostly south-facing sockets, but like we've seen before, some of the layout options will result in north-facing switches. Standard caps lock is north-facing, as is standard right shift. The bottom row is like a mixed bag. This WKL layout gives you north-facing on the spacebar and the two left mods, while the two right mods are south-facing. So plan ahead to avoid interference, either with some long pull switches or by avoiding cherry profile keycaps. I did find the stabs are a little crowded by the enter and the right shift. It really helps if you partially seat each one before screwing them in fully. Keeps for All was nice enough to send the pink variant of the new Gat Inc. V2 box switches. These are 10 grams lighter than the blacks. They were also lubed and filmed prior to arrival. Shout out to lubed switches for that one. Saves me a few hours. This is the nicest thing you can do for a keyboard reviewer. Assembly is very straightforward. Just load up your stabilizers and your switches, and that leaves us with a plate PCB assembly and a couple different mounting options. We've got top mount or a gummy O-ring friction mount. This seems to be the new wave, made popular recently by boards like the Bakaneko or the Unicorn if you have a big PP bank account. So we drop in the included silicone case dampener at the bottom, and this assembly just sits in here resting on this o-ring then it's just fastening the top plate easy you can immediately see the amount of flex here one thing you do have to be careful with with the o-ring mount is that in the corners it's basically just hugging the edges of the switches so once you have your whole board together if you change out a keycap in the corner and it accidentally pulls the switch out with it that o-ring snaps in and there's no way you can fix that without disassembling the board the top mount is just screwing the plate assembly to the top chassis and foregoing the o-ring it offers a stiffer experience and a different sound
All right, so pretty yikes in stock form. The O-Ring mount definitely offers a more comfortable typing experience, and the alphas in the spacebar sound a little more under control. Spacebar still needs a little something, though. The right side of the case sounds pretty hollow, and there's a lot of motion. If you hit those top right keys hard, you can actually hear the PCB moving around in there. Not crazy about that. With the top mount, it's definitely a stiffer experience. There's no flex at all. The bottom mount definitely feels stiffer. The whole board sounds more consistent. We get kind of that woody hollowness, the same kind of sound we heard from the Mode 80 if you go with the top mount with none of the pour on inside the board. It kind of makes me wish we had those little silicone caps for that isolated top mount like we saw in the 80. You get a little ping with that hollowness and the space bar sounds more aggressive. I think it's pretty safe to say that regardless of which mounting option you use, we're definitely going to need to do some mods here in terms of case dampening. We'll start with some polyfill and PE foam and see if that does it. I am going to add some pads under the space bar stabs as well to try to cool that off a little bit. Now we're getting somewhere. I did go back and forth about leaving that silicone in, but ultimately went without it because with it in there, it had a tendency to dampen just the low tones, only leaving us with the clack, which I'm not a big fan of. The stab pads under the spacebar stabilizers did help, but I went back and forth with spacebar foam as well. I prefer the foam in for the top mount config, but I prefer to run it without in the O-ring config. In between the two, I like the O-ring mount better because it's a little less aggressive in the sound and a little more forgiving on the bottom mount. The dampening does restrict the amount of flex, but I think that's a good thing. We're not getting as much motion around the port area and no negative acoustic stuff as a result so it's not bouncy but it does feel very comfortable on bottom out. I didn't want to tape the PCB here if I didn't have to because all those boards kind of start to sound the same to me and I like the character that we've got going on here. It did take a little more work than I had anticipated to get here but I'm happy with the result. Keep in mind there that the NK87 and the Mode 80 were both ran stock with no mods. It's not a fair fight, but I did want to include them so you have all those tests in one place. The NK87 sticks out there as sounding pretty stiff and hollow. We definitely have to mod that to get it on par. The Mode 80 is still my favorite of the bunch in terms of sound, but keep in mind it's over twice as expensive as the Freebird and doesn't include stabs or a carry case. I think the Poron is going a long way to help the sound of the Mode 80 sound smoother or creamier as Teha would say. Yuck! I do wish we had the option here of having a Poron plate insert. The Freebird is the only board out of the three that doesn't have any sort of plate, PCB, foam, or silicone. In terms of value, I don't really think you can knock what the Freebird has going on here at 225 US. That's pretty cheap in custom TKL land. It offers more in terms of layout flexibility and mounting flexibility than the NK87 at 289 bucks. And whether you prefer the typing angle or the aesthetics of either is a personal choice. The mode is just pricey, but the only thing I don't like about it is the size of the forehead. It doesn't do anything wrong for sure. And to me, it sounds and feels really nice stock with no mods needed. I think the Freebird hit exactly the target they were trying to, and that's to open up the custom TKL market to a more affordable price point and still provide a sandbox experience that gives you the flexibility to mod it how you see fit. It's not my favorite stock sound, but if you're willing to experiment, put in a couple hours and some dirt cheap modding materials, you can come away with a board that punches way above its price point. It's definitely the budget TKL to beat right now, at least until Keychron rolls out an aluminum TKL. If you want to check out the full reviews of the NK87 or the Mode 80, you can do that right here and right here. And if you want to 
nerd out with some fellow enthusiasts, you can check out the private Discord available for Patreon supporters right here. That's it for today, and I will catch you all in the next one. Stay up. <laughs>